and welcome to the Pocket of Wisdom podcast on King Canvas. Over here, we believe that everyone has a pocket of wisdom to offer, and that includes you as well. And on this podcast, I plan to invite people from all walks of life to share their experiences and practical tips for everyday life and to have conversations on important subject matters. And you know how some people, they would save the best for last, but today, I'm giving you my best guest first because today I have with me Mr. Christopher Raj and he is the former Vice President of the Malaysian Employers Federation, the President of the Association of Hotel Employers, Area Director of Human Resource at Shangri-La, Member of the National Labor Advisory Council, Director of the MEF Academy, author of the book Chronicles We Got, and most importantly, he is also my father. So Dad, how are you today? I'm very good, thank you. You went to have lunch with Philo Ate today, yeah, right? Yeah, I had uh, Was it a yeah, good meal? home-cooked food, so but very good. <laughs> I love, great, I great. love home-cooked food, yeah. Yeah, so you're all ready to share um, your experiences today? Absolutely. It's okay. a privilege to do so. That's great. So today, our discussion will be about your a fruit of your decisions, right? Absolutely. You are definitely a fruit of your decision. Every day, we all make decisions on, you know, our, our day-to-day things that happens in our life. And uh, of course, whatever decision that we make, it's, uh, it, it's based on your value system. Mm-hmm. It's based yeah. on your, you know, past experience. As the saying goes, you're sometimes conditioned by your past experience. Yeah. So that's why you need to be very careful. That's very true. And that the reason why I wanted to have um, this conversation with you is because of two reasons. First, you are at the age of retirement. You have worked 38 years. You have worked your whole life. And right now, um, you are almost at the end of that journey. And secondly, you also actually have a really interesting childhood story that not a lot of people know about. So that if you can, and if you may, can you share with us, how did you grow up? Yes, I have a very interesting childhood, not a childhood experience, not many of you know about. Uh, just to let you all know, uh, from the age of nine, you know, actually my father sent the whole family to India. And, you know, I grew up actually, uh, after two years, of course, my family came back. And so I grew up actually in a boarding school from, you know, from the age of nine, right up to the age of 24. And uh, it's a very interesting story. Uh, It's because uh, I grew up uh, being in a Jesuit institution. You know, the the school that I went is called St. Joseph's High School. And the university that I attended is also called St. Joseph's College. Uh, and of course, it's under the Bangalore University. So all these years, you know, my my studies, uh, study years as far as India is concerned, is being in a Jesuit institution. Right. Uh, and it was only you and your older brother. That's correct. Yeah, me and my elder brother. But uh, uh, as I told you, we were very young. When mm-hmm. I was nine, he was eleven, and you know. Uh, and, and it's, so it's, our whole, your whole family, I mean, our whole family was back here and it's only the both of you who would have to travel all the way there to study. That's right. You know, it took me, i uh, just let you all know, when I go, when I went to India, you know, we had to travel by ship. 
by SS Rajula, you know, it takes seven days in the ocean. Seven days in, in the, the ocean. ocean. And imagine a nine-year-old boy, uh, you know, traveling in the, in the ocean for seven days with another brother who's only 11 years old and, you know, going from one port to another port. And I tell you, it was, it was not an easy experience. It was, uh, it was, even, even I, you know, and I, of course, when I recall now, you know, I, I feel proud that I went through it, but it was not easy going through that experience, you know. How do you feel as a nine-year-old boy um, on that ship? Oh my God. As you le- <laughs> left the shore with a um, grandfather probably waving at you? You know, let me tell you, uh, I, I probably would have cried for three days in the ship. You know, uh, because I was, now I miss my dad and, you know, and, uh, and so young and, you know, going to another strange land. Uh, and in the sense that, uh, of course, loneliness, scared, you know, you're young and you don't know what to expect. But then when I look at it, of course, after all these years, that, that's what made me strong. That's what mm-hmm. made me who I am today. So, um, did you expect, um, did you know that you were going to go overseas with your brother to study? I, I, of course I know because I said, uh, we come back every two years, you know, right, in this right. year, n- nine years, uh, when I was nine and then to when I reached 24, I mean in India, but every two years we come back. Mm-hmm. So I have to go back again. So of course I knew I was going back to the same college or, or high school where I came from. And so it, it was. It was not. I mean, I, I can you imagine the school holidays is probably only about you know one and a half months. Right. And you know, in that fourteen days are gone in the ship. I mean, traveling to Malaysia for seven days. Wow. Traveling back to India is another four, fourteen days. So my uh, another seven days. So out of the one and month, one and a half months. Uh, half a month is, you know, is gone in you traveling in the ocean. That's so true. So uh, it's not a pleasant experience. Mm-hmm. But of course, at that time, it was not pleasant. But when I reflect back, of course, uh, you know, that that made me what I am today. So, um, yeah, it was not a very good experience in terms of living your parents. Mm, that That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so that how were you as a student in your school? You know, um, you need to understand that, you know, when you're nine years old or 11 years mm-hmm. old, growing up away from your parents, one of the things that you develop is the survival instinct. Right. You know, in the sense that uh, there is nobody there. You can't go and run to your mother in the evening. Oh, somebody did something to me in school today. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can cry back and go. You cannot. You have to take that experience you have to you know you, you there was nobody there to to help you so automatically what happens is that you you develop a survival instinct inside of you that you know you are you you have to be an overcomer mm. you know that what hap- what what that did to me is that uh, it made me a strong person and if you look at my school history and even my college history I automatically develop a leadership quality inside of me because of the survival instinct. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I was in school, I was a greenhouse leader, you know, athletically, I was, you know, the runner for the school, I was playing football for the school, representing the school in football, and, you know, and, and I was doing all kinds of things. And even when I went to college, from my pre-university right until I finished my degree, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, my degree was in a co-education college. 
and I was elected the student leader. Every year without fail, I was the leader in my pre-university. When I go into college, I was a leader. Even in my high school, I was a high school leader. In the boarding, in, in the boarding uh, place itself, I was a prefect. You know, uh, telling people to kneel down if they did something wrong, and they're well, making noise. Well, the punishment noise. was kneel down. Yeah, kneel down in front of the, in uh, you know, next to the priest, and you know, if you, because right. you you do something, so it uh, it made me a, a a survivor on my own, and because of that, I think I developed that leadership quality inside of me because that, I had to be mm, strong. That is really um, interesting to learn because it it shows that. It was because you were placed in an uncom- uncomfortable environment. You were sort of placed in a position where you had to start to learn how to take care of yourself. And you knew that you could not really rely on anyone else. And you needed to step up in that situation to be able to help yourself, to develop yourself even in school. Is that Absolutely. Right? So that's, that's what, it, you know, I, I, I was not an intelligent student, let me mm. tell you. I was not. But I have other leadership qualities. I had other, uh, you know, uh, you know. I was already always excelling in in co-curricular activities, where you know somehow I I get elected to be a leader, you know, leading people in the sports activities, or you know, e- even in other activities. Like for example, uh, every as I told you, every as I told you, every two years once is when we come back to Malaysia. Right. So. But you have holidays, right? Mm. You know, in a year we have so many school breaks, yeah. and uh, so I, I had no choice. I had no place to go. Mm-hmm. And, you know, of course we had some, we had a guardian there and right. whatsoever. But most of the time that I was spending my time in the boarding boarding school itself, yeah. and uh, this is where you know uh, the other things that you know uh, kind of uh, changed my my way of thinking as mm-hmm. well. You know, I was involved with the. With the Jesuits fathers, you know they right. call them in the the Catholic Church. Can you explain just a little bit for our listeners in case mm. they don't understand what yeah. Jesuit? Okay, Jesuits is actually a Catholic uh, institution. Right. Okay, Catholic okay. institution mm-hmm. where, yeah, I mean all the Catholics they go to the church, right? Yeah. So the priest is called a father. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, you know they are the spiritual fathers, so mm-hmm. to say. So I was growing up with them, and you know, and uh, what I do is, they the the Catholic. Uh, church you know where i was in india uh, you know in this boarding place they have a lot of activities they go and right. take care of the needy mm-hmm. they go and visit the leprous institution you know they go visit people in hospitals and you know and every holiday uh, they go to the villages and you know right. uh, supply food organize activities when uh, christmas comes you know you're going around to every house singing christmas carols and you know, and bringing goodies, and you know, I used to be a, play a very active role in all of this because I was I was good in my college days. I was good at dancing, and Hi. I was also good at singing. So I was I was seen more as an entertainer than more than an intelligent student. And so in that way, that a lot of people liked me. I was quite popular. You had people skills. Is that I had right? people skills, yeah. and you know, that's the reason why even the in the as an area that to human resources. Yeah, yeah, that's so you true. You know, to to let to to honestly tell you, my father actually wanted me to become a doctor. Mm. You know, and that's why he sent me to India. I studied chemistry, botany, and zoology. Goodness, you know, wow. and of course, when after that, I did a postgraduate diploma in uh, uh, personal management, industrial relations. So that's how I landed up in uh, doing human resources work. Wow, that that is amazing, and that um. So, 
just to sh- uh, just for you to share, um, what did you see in India that you did not see in Malaysia that changed you, the way you live? Yeah, you know, it's a it's a completely different uh, uh, what do you say experience. You mm. know, living in Malaysia as compared to living in India, and of course, I'm 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 talking about nineteen. You know, 69 onwards, huh? 1969 right up to 1982, you know, so um, poverty, you know, poverty. is something that you see in your eyes everywhere, you see beggars everywhere. So you understand what is uh, hunger all about uh, and you also understand what poverty is all about and uh, you can really see with your own eyes, you know, uh, you know, the needies. The right. people who I need, you mm-hmm. know, all around your eyes. So you learn to value life as, you know, when you come back to Malaysia, you know, when you look at yourself and you say, I'm I'm so blessed. Mm. I'm not saying the whole of India is like that. Right. What I'm saying is that I grew up in a in a small town called Trichrapali, which is in South India. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the place where I was living at that time, mm-hmm. in 1967, right up to... Uh, you know those years that I'm talking yeah. about. It, it's a completely different story altogether. Mm. You see all of this, and see that's when you learn how to appreciate life, and you mm. develop a, a, some kind of a value system inside of you, mm. a belief system inside of you, and you know, and that becomes the foundation of who you are. You know, so when I came with that kind of background, you know, going through all this, uh, when I came to Malaysia, which I will say the land of Honey, you know, for yeah, me as far as you don't forget what you went through, and you know, and uh, I had all of that always in my mm. in my mind, and uh, and that helped me to become who I am, mm. you know, in Malaysia. All this came about, I believe, because I had the people skills, the experience that I had in India, mm. how to deal with people and things like that. That just wondering, were you mm. ever hungry, left hungry in India? Of course, uh, um, let me explain, uh, because the India story is a long story. Yes, <laughs> okay? yes. The one part of it is the high school. Yes. You know, the high school, of course, you're in the boarding school. Mm. Now so we're boarding going school, to college. everything is given to you mm. whatsoever. When I go to college, what happened was, uh, even though I was in the Jesuit college, uh, I used to uh, live in a hostel. Right. You know, and uh, before that, I used to, before I got into the hostel, there was one year where I had to, you know, uh, rent a, a room somewhere. Okay. And because I can get, before I can get into the hostel. Yeah. But the lifestyle was still the same. I go to church every yeah. day. Uh, there are days that, you know, my father sends money. As I told you, my father is not a rich man. Mm. Uh, so when he sends the money, sometimes uh, you don't get the money on on, on, on the regular basis. Mm. So there are days where I did not have money to eat, you know, so... I go hungry on breakfast. I no, normally I fix the dinner. I pay somebody to to to, to cook home cook food for dinner, but breakfast, lunch, uh, you know, it was something that I had to have money to survive. Mm. And of course, the the person that I eat the dinner, I pay them on a monthly basis. Right. So I, breakfast, lunch, sometimes it's a challenge. I I don't have breakfast. I don't have lunch. So I know what what hunger is all about. Mm. You know, sometimes I go hungry the whole day, but I can't wait for my dinner so that I can have it. So, these are the type of experience that I've gone through in India. Mm. So that you have shared uh, so many experiences from your boarding school mm. 
to um, your college experiences and also what you have saw there that has really changed you. So do you have a role model in your life that you hold on so dearly today? Um, my father is my role model. You mm. know, uh, My father wanted me to become a doctor actually. And you know, I was not smart enough to to become a doctor. Uh, neither was I. My father very rich enough to buy a a, a seat. Buy a mm. seat meaning, in India, if you want to get a medical seat, you have to pay capitation fees, which is a lot of money. Right. And my father didn't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And you know, when as I told you, I grew up in a Jesuit institution. When I finished my college, when I came back, my father was actually. Uh, Okay, before I go to that, let me tell you, my father, when I was in India, he came so many times to India. And especially when I was doing, during my college days, he used to come and he loved me so much that, you know, he used to go beg, beg, literally beg people, you know, to give me a seat or find a way for me to get into a medical seat, you know. And the amount of sacrifice that he did for me, uh, not only for me, but for my whole family, it is something that, you know, I will never forget. Mm. And true enough that after I came back here, as I told you, I grew up in a Jesuit institution. I saw my father being a leader in the Catholic Church as well. He was the president of the Third Order Movement. And he was doing the same thing. You know, sometimes he used to drive into the market, he would buy vegetables, he would buy meat, he would buy chicken, he would buy rice, he would buy... And he would go and deliver those things, you know, to the poor. Uh, because uh, that's what the Third Order Movement right. does. So I, I grew up, so he became my role model in, in everything. And of course, all of this is also based on, you know, as I told you, I go to church 365 days. That's so a lot. I, yeah, and uh, as I said, I, I know I mentioned it a few times, uh, that also developed my belief system, which yeah. is the, the Christian belief, yeah. in, uh, which is something that, you know, uh, that is very strong in my value system, mm-hmm. in, in, in whatever that I do. Yeah. Yeah, thank you so much, Dad, for sharing um, your entire story. I believe that, um, as you said, you know, you are a fruit of mm. all your decisions. And I think from all that you have mentioned, everything that has happened um, in your past has definitely shaped you as a person and you brought that into the workplace as well. And I think without a doubt, um, God's hand has been upon you your whole entire life, um, throughout your whole career even. And of course, I am a beneficiary from that <laughs> as well. So thank you, Dad, for opening up, for being transparent about your whole story. And I'm actually really excited because in the next episode, we are going to discuss about how to survive and succeed in a corporate environment. So I really hope that you have enjoyed this episode. You can watch it on YouTube. You can listen to it on Spotify. And remember that everyone has a pocket of wisdom to offer and that includes you as well. Thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye! Bye!